great song. Like you can see the crowd. Like Tim Timbo had like the ladies, and you know, if you get the ladies moving, yeah. in the nightclub, you've won yeah. the world. Like and I Swiss beats is like more hard Not stuff. Girls run the world, motherfucker. Like listen, run the world. <laughs> girls run the world. Girls. Girls, <laughs> girls, mm. God exactly. damn, girls run the world. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. Um, Begin podcast is back in the building once again, as we always are. Um, we coming to you live, uh, and that is very literal because we are live on multiple platforms currently. Um, and we came to talk to y'all about some Invincible this evening. I go by the name of Catalyst. I am the host of the Begin podcast, and I got four other co-hosts with me. Right next to me, I got. Wander blurred right here. Ready to chop up some invincible. Really excited. This this is this is one of the best things to come along in from the early aughts and we're really excited to talk about it. Okay, okay. And then after him I got Yeah, what up everybody? It's the one and only force. I am here and uh ready to kick it Kirkman style, man. This is one of my favorite comic series and I'm glad they translated it to the screen. Yep, yep, kicking it Kirkman style. And then after him I got What's up? It's your boy Double Black in the building, and uh, yeah, I I did not read the comic, so this is the, watching Invincible is a whole new experience for me. But I do enjoy Kirkman's work uh, from The Walking Dead and you know previous other iterations, and so yeah, I'm really it's one I've been waiting for. Like this is long overdue to get into Invincible because it, it's a very interesting concept and uh, and I think very well executed on Amazon. So yeah, I can't wait to get into it and do this. Like I've been waiting for this one for sure. And then in the last corner, I got my main man. Yo, it's Laser Beam. I came here because I wanted to see Minari battle Whiplash. Like, mm, okay. <laughs> All right. So so our Twitch stream requires us to have a video game associated with it. And I'm glad after you said that the video game I picked was Superhero Fight Club. So there you go. <laughs> Um, so this episode is going to go a little unconventional uh, to what you're used to if you've been following the Big M podcast or if you rock with us any what uh, any somewhat consistently. Uh, I'm going to actually kick it over to Force and Core Winder so we can chop up the history of Invincible before we get into the, the major details of the show you guys might have seen recently. Well, I think it's still conventional because we normally break things down here at the Big End Podcast and then we talk about them. And uh, now we're breaking down Invincible, and it's a comic series that started in, uh, I think, 2003, um, written by, as we mentioned, Robert Kirkman, uh, that a lot of people might know from Walking Dead fame. Uh, He got those big, big Hollywood bucks uh, from Walking Dead, but Invincible was his first comic. At he's actually fighting AMC right now for royalties. Oh, he's yeah, he's trying to get that more money, that mucho money. <laughs> Big son. chips. He's trying, he's trying to save up to buy DC Comics. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, so uh, you know, a brief overview is that in the comics, it follows Mark Grayson. Uh, he's the son of Omni Man, which in the Invincible Universe is their strongest hero, kind of like their Superman. Um, it kind of begins with Mark not having his powers he's a typical kid uh and then all of a sudden he's working at the burger mart he throws some trash over the the dumpster into into space what he thought and he discovers he has powers uh you know his dad has the that talk that every dad 
uh, needs to have if they're a superhero. It's like, all right, you finally got your powers. Let me tell you what this means. He goes on to meet uh, other superheroes. He has adventures, bonds with his dad. Um, during the course of all of this kind of setup in the comics, the superhero team of the universe, uh, the Guardians of the Globe, mysteriously get murdered. Um, a little bit later in the in the comic, one of the characters, the Immortal, comes back, confronts his dad. He gets Some murdered again. Up by... Yeah, it's, it's oh, all spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Oh man, begin podcast spoiler alert. alert. There you go. Uh, you should have known that though. Uh, and and I'm only talking about kind of the the start of Invincible series. Uh, yeah, we might want to mention that this that this comic ran for I think what like 15 years, close to it. Yes, uh, close to it. Uh, so so we're talking, uh, you know, hundred you know probably 150 issues or something like that, and maybe eight or nine solid story arcs with plus side side, side stories story to Guardians, yeah. Guardians of the Globes, uh different, you know, a whole universe. I, I do um, want to mention that that um that Invincible I think is one of the few kind of indie comics to create a fully realized superhero world that feels lived in and 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 um it feels very grounded i mean there's there's you you can feel the history when you when you kind of read the books but it's never really explained you know it's kind of it's 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 really interesting to me because a lot of times if somebody's starting a new superhero kind of universe or whatever and it's been done several times you know say with the image with with image comics and you know they had their background with the, when they did you know all their creator own stuff and even uh something like milestone um and uh there's maybe a, a couple of others that have used other properties um i think uh, red circle started comic yeah there's been a few um but this is one of the few that have actually created a a a universe that feels that feels um as lived in as a Marvel and DC and whatever. And even though there's a lot of nods to those comics, there's a lot of nods to DC, there's not a lot of nods to Marvel in some of the characters. It's still uh, a very he he's good at creating universes that you that feel lived in that you can so then when the when when extreme things happen it it makes sense in the context it, there's a consistency to it yes that was really impressive to me about the series and i i think that's important to note i actually had in my notes that the world building in this series is immense um and to to get back to it you know like Mark finds out that he has superpowers. His dad uh, welcomes him. He has adventures. The main superhero team dies mysteriously. And then it's uncovered that one of the superheroes survives, confronts his Omni-Man, uh, who's the guy 
who's Mark's dad. So Omni-Man gets confronted by the immortal. Mark overhears it and realizes that everything he believed in is untrue, that his dad really isn't a superhero. He was sent here uh, to the planet to monitor the the planet and make sure that we don't get too big for our britches to keep us in place to be overtaken. Uh, and that's kind of the crux of that's like the, the first arc of Invincible, which is what this series deals with the the Amazon Prime series it deals with that first arc um, and through that there is a ton of world building as Corwinder said it's amazing that Kirkman was able to build such a diverse world within an already established universe these comics came out on image uh, Kirkman was one of the few people who was not a founder of image to actually be I don't know are they inducted I feel like it's chaining day catalyst like you know, like you go on the yeah. rock, you get a chain. Like they gave Kirkman his official like image. Big chain uh, records. I, I, yeah, I'm saying it was and, a smart chain. Actually, it's the first smart chain. He's he's absolutely. I mean, you might want to argue. You could argue that that um, Todd McFarlane Spawn was the most successful character to come out of Image. But you know, Robert Kirkman's books. And properties are by far the most successful commercially. The most, lucrative, the most yeah. lucrative. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and yeah, so I, 100%. I also say this to say that I, I was talking before with the podcast. Like, uh, Kirkman actually has a bunch of. He has an invincible universe. Uh, I'm, I'm an old school dude. I loved the Marvel handbooks, the DC uh, universe, and oh, it's rare that, that you thought was real. Yeah, like <laughs> you, 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 ATP into fire um, that is and and Kirkman was able to lovingly create uh, a universe of diverse characters that paid homage to all of the comics that came before um, and, and it's something that I think we'll talk about throughout this podcast is that you know we're, we're living in a time where superheroes are you know at the forefront superhero shows are dropping nearly every other week or every month uh movies of the superhero genre or blockbusters um and what kirkman was able to do was create his own universe that felt as corbin has said lived in you know these characters did had depth they have enough depth that there's a whole handbook of them yeah. like if you want to learn about all of these characters you can go and, and figure it out so you know even the smallest characters, like the the first Guardians of the Globe, they only have uh, I don't know how many pages, Core Winter, but like, would you say maybe twenty pages within seventeen issues of real Guardians of the Globe building? Original team. The original team. Less than that. Less than that. Uh, but there was a whole backstory I mean, behind everyone. I mean, I guess if you count like them kind of getting together for that time where they all go to get killed. That's probably 17 pages, but that's, that's like a splash page. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you just there's no words. You just like flipping them all, getting like beaten brutally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, um, uh, what I'll say to piggyback off of the immense world building and the character development is what I think sets it apart for me is uh, is it's a very grounded in reality type of superhero world. Uh, and there's a lot of crazy shit that happens, but uh, all of the characters kind of have this, I guess, extenuating circumstance that makes them feel human or makes them feel realistic. And and for example, like uh, Doc Seismic, one of the characters that they use in the show, uh, every time he uses his gauntlets that he developed to become a, a superhero, uh, they, they shock the ground, but they give him a concussion, you know, uh, okay. which I feel like just gives all of the characters kind of a realistic feel uh, and, and grounds them in a different place that most uh, than most superhero stuff. Um, like another one is, is a duplicate, uh, you know, you, you find the right one, she's dead. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that just gives everything a liability. You may have a super, uh, you know, a superpower, but it, it's a realistic weakness. Not like I got to go find my kryptonite, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing that they, another thing that they, he does, it's, it's, um, which is interesting is I, and I think when you create a, a world of superheroes or whatever, with these weird beings, you have kind of two choices. You could either create a world that kind of like maybe you call it the Marvel approach, where you create a world that resembles as much as possible our world, except with superheroes in it, or you could go kind of the DC route and just say like it kind of vaguely resembles our world in that there are people living in it, but other than that, it's just everything's like really just weird and odd. Yeah. And this the. Invincible does a good job of blending it where you feel like the world has naturally reacted and evolved to living with these beings among them, if you if you understand what I mean. It's kind of like, you know, if you lived in a world where any moment, like a, a giant dragon could just show up and start rampaging through your city, you know, you would be like the characters in this show. You know what I mean? It's kind of a matter of fact, like, oh, yeah, here's... Well, it looks like the dragon's here again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, somebody will come get it at some point. Yeah. Just order some breakfast. You guys' point, I think that's something that translated really well into the show, is that it has a very, like, like a lot of Marvel shows. Like, I love the Marvel stuff, obviously, but it's a lot. Even when they try and do, like, the, the other than the Marvel TV shows, but even when they try and do, like, a everyman story, it's still a top-down world. You're still looking at it from ant-man's perspective or you know iron man or cap's perspective or whatnot and like this show really like tells you like the street level superheroes like there's a whole side quest that he goes on with that guy who can like turn himself to rock and, and stuff titan? uh yeah. titan, titan and titan. like his whole his and he's just like a kind of like you know he's somebody that like daredevil or spider-man might fight you know uh, like, also, imagine superman showing up you're like oh oh shit yeah, son but, like but, that's like, that's the boy. best part about it yeah, but like even like the, you know the fact that you know they have like John Hamm who's a very famous actor like doing the voice of a security guard and that from the jump like really much it just really grounds you in like the everyday people who walk through this space and like live in this world and stuff and you know when like you know transdimensional time traveling aliens show up everyone's like oh it must be a Tuesday the the flax in her back okay yeah okay. you know the the guardians will show up and deal with these assholes and stuff so um you know but yeah it does have it does a good job of show not tell the kind of like lived in reality 
that, you know, because to Corwinder's point, yeah, Marvel tries to just like our world and just put like Iron Man in it. Like Iron Man eats Taco Tuesday too. Like check him out. And then like Swarma. Exactly. Get Swarma. Like DC is much more like fantastical and like shit's just crazy over there. And you're just like, yeah, there are people in it. But like Superman just fought Zod and like vaporized like 10,000 people. And they don't even even give a fuck. They just like, yo, put the Lex (laughs) Luthor core trucks on that shit, son. Exactly. Yeah. It's very, yeah. It's not, it's not quite the same. And so, um, one thing I did appreciate about Invincible in the show, at least, was like the very like lived-in feeling, and they did it from jump. They did, and they did it by showing, not telling. They just you know, like as you move through, like it had this very like. You know, I looked at the show as like there was like the everyday people, like the security guards talking, or like cops and regular people, and then like these mid-level heroes and villains and stuff that Invincible kind of messes with, and then the the upper tier stuff that like you know his dad is dealing with, you know, like dragons and like all this other stuff and extraterrestrials and so like that really you know um framed it well for me i would say yeah and and i think one of the cool things about it is is it's trying to connect you to the humanity of it all you know because eventually it's going to go outside of that realm and there's characters that will connect because of other things uh but you still feel connected back to this like this earth spectrum of thing and like something that's relatable to all readers or viewers so i i think it's just really well done well uh, one thing that I think needs to be stated is that uh, in this time of superheroes being flooded with it, we see a lot of deconstructions. We were talking about this prior to the podcast about how people were deconstructing superheroes and uh, what Invincible and Kirkman does very well is that he comes at it from a, a perspective of love. You know, you take a Garth Ennis and the boys, Absolutely. like it's kind of a very negative and dark approach and what kirkman does is he takes his love of comic books this childhood like this childlike love and he puts that into mark so you know mark is your first like ground level person he's the kid who always wanted to be a superhero and he gets these powers yeah i'm sorry to interrupt but okay I, i will point out that that um both both um Jupiter's Legacy and the Boys are created by 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 Brits, or like a Brit and a Scott, and yep. they don't necessarily one have the 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 love of American style superheroes, like the the unironic love that that is shown by Kirkman. Mm, and two, that's a good point. And and two, like Jupiter's Jupiter's Legacy has has I think like a we'll get into that in another cast, but. Jupiter's legacy has a a cynicism to it that's in the conceit of it, and the boys has just an out and out contempt in it. Yeah, and I, yeah. and you know I love the boys. Jupiter's legacy, yeah, it it, yeah. it was, but um, it's well Jupiter's legacy. The, the when they the second volume is is a, is a little better, but anyway, um there's there's a little bit of um of of kind of like Jupiter's legacy feels cynically manipulative and and um and and the show does too even though I did like the 20 the 1920s parts better than the current stuff in the show and the, the boys you know again even though I love that show it's just so 
But Garth Ennis just hates humanity. Mm. He just does. And and it just shows yeah. in, in, in like all of his work. And and yeah. well the show always goes to the darkest places. His work always goes to the darkest places. Like, I mean just yeah, his Punisher like is the same way, you know, just like yeah, Punisher, Preacher, like, all Frost. Yeah. It's like I hate everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's just well, a all- perfect one. Yeah. Just a misanthrope. Um, yeah. And and so so kind of bouncing off to move forward off of what Corbin is saying is that uh, what Invincible the comic book does is break up these moments of superhero like uh, heroics with average everyday things. There's a lot in the books of Mark at school, Mark dealing with uh, you know trying to find relationships, a girl, yeah. yeah, trying to deal with work. Like you know, there's a uh, I remember a scene in the comics where Mark quit his job and everyone wants to go meet at the Burger Mart, but he's like, "No, nah, I can't go there because my man, the manager, is mad at me." And the manager comes out and like yells at him, <laughs> and like, um, and in the comics, there was a lot, you know, there's a little more space to tell that. Uh, but transitioning to the show, I think that Kirkman. Okay. One more thing too. Go ahead, yeah. Oh, and that another thing that they do in Invincible is that superheroes get their ass kicked a lot and they stay like I've never read a comic series where more people are like in the hospital for multiple yeah. pages like after every major yeah. battle somebody's in the hospital well, well so <laughs> I think that's really cool is that I it's one of the first comic books I've ever read and, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong where people go to the fucking hospital yeah, after they get their shit rocked you know after what I'm saying dropped on you. Well, well like in most books man like you know they get their shit rocked you know, two issues later, he's like, yo, I'm back. I've recovered. I'm good. Let's fight again. You know what I'm saying? And this, you're like, yo, he really had to heal. He needed a few surgeries. My man got his fucking kidney punctured. Like, some shit went down. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that was also a great representation of how, like, how serious the fights were and how much gravity they hold. Because, like, they, they lose their friends. Well, and, and the crazy thing is Kirkman... Uh, in building this world, he he utilized in the comics uh, a lot of like side stories and back issues. So he created a whole uh, team, Capes, which is like the superhero like for work. This like working class superhero. There was guys <laughs> and girls who were superheroes, and they would clock in and they'd be like, "Oh man, I'm on overtime." And like there, there's a great scene like uh, this character from Invincible, Black Samson, uh, who in the comics he gets fucked up by battle beast and then in a side story with capes he just comes and saves the day out of a coma and i just thought it was like you know kind of crazy to blend that like levels too like it's like you know he's getting his ass with by battle beast but to the capes guys he's like yeah, and these are like your mom and pop dudes it's like if we all suited up if after the podcast we were like all right let's go clock in and patrol the streets and I will be successful in that because I can beat Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> oh I can Kirby beat actually... like that. I can fight a motherfucker as a vigilante. That's all I'm trying to say. I forgot yeah. in 2021, we just calling people out again. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not calling her out because I don't like just randomly punch women. It have to be a sanctioned fight. People but like, knock just, you like, out. Okay, we're not gonna go Man, too I'm, far and delve off on this. But I'm just saying. Yeah. 
right, I'm, not having it. I'm glad I'm glad that my team has confidence in me. Either way, continue. I can drive you to the hospital. I'm confident. <laughs> we just talked about how realistic that is. So books too. Luckily we gotta you know, we gotta hit that too. I I, I thought that there was um a surprising amount of, sure, yeah, of the show uh, has a lot of diversity as well, which I liked. Yeah, and the well, comedy. Uh, I mean, it's just it just I like the LB the LBGTQ like like his best friend is a gay guy and like they he's not just like a cardboard cutout gay person like he has a relationship he's got a guy you know, he's interested in and he's trying to pursue and like that, that again made the world more real and like lived in for me and and so like yeah Self-directly I, and, and, and what what I think is cool about that is it's not yeah. forced it, it's like. You know, it's not no. necessarily 100% faithful to the source material, but the source material was already trying to do that kind of thing before, you know, the show kind of took it to the next level. So I think, you know, it. yeah, I agree 100%. I'm, yeah, I'm interested. Uh, Forrest, I got a question, though. Yeah. Um, what do you think they're going to do with Bulletproof? I am uncertain. What's going to happen there? Because he's a, he he ends up in the comics. He's a pretty major character. Yes, for a while uh, he even takes over. You know the thing. I wonder if they're gonna. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he uses the 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 blue invincible suit. Uh or no, he the actually the invincible, the original one that invincible doesn't take. Yeah, the one he right doesn't like. The, yes, the one. Yeah, that, that's the bulletproof suit. Uh I thought it was interesting they chose to put Monster Girl in the bulletproof situation with battle beast. Right. Uh, I understand why they did it because they're, they're trying to play or fast forward the love between robot. Right. And monster girl. Um, I am uncertain how they're going to put bulletproof in, especially yeah. because he has spoiler alert in the comics. He becomes, he takes over for invincible for a little bit. Um, and and again, but bulletproof is like a is is like a black character that okay. kind of becomes prominent out of nowhere, just in and he just and they just and he was just written in, and Kirkman's like, yeah, let's go put bulletproof up here and give him his own book because, yeah, I like the character. Yeah, and, and the best part is that uh, the reveals and bulletproof's origin, all that stuff, was great, like. You know, it wasn't like a throwaway, like, let me just put this black dude, uh, you, you know, into the role. And a lot of what Kirkman did during the comic series was mirror what was happening in contemporary comics. So your Marvel and DC universes. So when Marvel was making uh, Captain America black, Captain America Falcon. Falcon. Uh, or, you know, they had... DC had people taking over for Batman or Superman. Uh, Kirkman was doing things like, let's replace the main character with another dude. Uh, When people were rebooting things, uh, Kirkman had a whole reboot kind of arc. Um, Yeah. And and he was playing like he, he would do things like, let's have a crossover event. There's only one book. Right, right. You know, like, so a lot of what Kirkman was, was doing was, like, kind of pointing the finger at the industry. But again, it's it's not in a, a, a mean way. You know, whereas, like you said, like Garth Ennis, those guys, it comes from, like, I hate superheroes. 
Kirkman, you could tell, loves these. Yeah. Or doesn't hate, like, but just like contempt. was like, what are you fucking people? Yeah. yeah. You, you guys are just trying to get it? money. Oh, you want a superhero book? Yeah. I'll give you a fucking superhero book. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so let's jump in and kind of talk about the show and uh, uh, Laser Beam. We'll start with you because we haven't heard from you in a while. Do you want to your yeah. thoughts on the show? What you liked? What you didn't like? What's cool? Um. So yeah. So the show in general is a uh, really cool. Um, it's just a really good show all around. I thought they did a, um, a good job with the um, animation, even though I heard some people say that uh you know real nitpicky about the animation but i don't know i i think uh i thought it looked good i thought uh, it looked great yeah 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 some people were like nitpicking about you know big landscaping you know land big uh big scenes and like they're like oh there's like obviously models and like whatever well it's it actually it's funny you say that because Kirkman has a whole thing in, in a couple issues where he talks about like people trying to sell books and he's like oh sometimes they'll just use the same panel and <laughs> add things like he like all these things like he it's very tongue in cheek and so when yeah. people were talking about like I, I think some of those things were deliberate at the same time by using the same drawing yes right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um I, I thought the so the, the I thought the best thing, you know, besides the story, is the uh, acting from the voice actors. And you have a, a lot of, like, A-list uh, great actors doing the voice work for these characters. So Steven Yuen, who plays the lead, Mark Grayson, and a lot of people know him from Glenn from The Walking Dead, and he's in Minari as um, the lead father in that. Oscar nominated uh, Steven Yuen. Oscar, yeah. yeah Oscar, he was nominated for an Oscar, you know, acting uh, this year um he lost to uh the father uh what's that dude's name cannibal <laughs> lector cannibal lector yeah anthony Hopkins. anyway uh also jk simmons plays nolan grayson aka omni man and everybody loves jk simmons uh they, you know you really do he's uh, he brings that authority you know yeah that presence he's the he's you know whiplash yeah he's whiplash which he won an Oscar for. Um, you rushed your dragging, Mark. <laughs> you're rushing. <laughs> and were you rushing or were you taking your time? And, you know, he's, uh, most people would know him as the, uh, you know, uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson from the uh, uh, Sam Raimi uh, uh, Spider-Man uh, <laughs> movies. Um, and uh, uh, the mom is played by Sandra O oh from... Uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, uh, um, he is great in that role. Yeah, she is just fucking amazing. Yeah, she, she, she brings a lot of humanity. She, the amount she really she just in the voice choice, the vocal choice. It's yeah. it's just really really good. Yeah, she yeah. deserves that a, for that. She deserves a, like an Emmy uh, for that. I I feel. Yeah. The scenes where like Mark yeah. and, and and his dad are fighting, and she's in that like control room, and she's just like oh, breaking. Yeah. Yeah, that that was, that, was, that shit was top notch. Yeah, but even with that, when she's confronting uh, uh, Omni Man Nolan uh, about who and what he is, her she she held she held those scenes together. I mean, she was. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, J.K. Simmons is great too, but you know, he's just you know in denial and like you know trying to get her out of the you know stop the argument. But she's like accusing him. 
she's like, you know, no, what are you? You know, you've been lying to me this whole time. And 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 she she I I felt that I was transformed by that character uh, that performance. I was like, oh, this is like something, this is something great like that she's doing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you got you know you got a lot of other great people. Uh, Jillian Jacobs as Adam Eve. Um, uh, who's this guy? Walton Goggins as Cecil <laughs> Stedman. Yes, he was yeah. so good. <laughs> Who is this oh guy? I love Goggins. Wait, did you role, say? Man. Did you say Evil Stedman? No, I said uh, Cecil. Cecil Stedman. Cecil, Cecil Stedman. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Was, was it Burn Notice? He's he, that's that dude. Was the Burn Snow? Notice dude. Named, yeah. Burn Notice no, played no, the microchip right. dude. Yeah. Oh, Machine Head. Yeah, Machine Head. The Burn Notice guy. Goggins is. It's from that Tim Oliphant, uh, like Cowboy Law show that was on FX. It's not Cowboys. It's like Modern Times. Justified, uh, Mar- yeah, right, right. Justified, yeah. yeah. Walter Goggins is mostly. But he's also got this show Walter called Goggins. the. Uh, sorry, Walter. Uh, he was on Vice Principals with, on HBO. He's also got this show called The Unicorn on CBS. It's that's popping. Yeah, okay. It's a sitcom. Right, right, right. That, that had like three seasons and stuff. So. Yeah, that's uh, right. too, though. You uh, forgive my confusion. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Zachary Quinto was a robot. I thought he was great yep. on that. I was really digging that. Well, machine Head being auto tuned though. Yo, oh, machine yeah. Machine Head sequences were like some of my favorite scenes. Oh, in the, in the oh man, yeah. that shit was amazing. I was I was hollering through that whole sequence. <laughs> Yeah, because just one of those rare translations where, you know, uh, Kirkman wrote an excellent book. Just explain to the people who Machine Head is. And, but, yeah. So he's a mob boss with a machine head. He's yeah. like, so uh, so that's, that's not a good, that's not a good no, way to. That's what he is. He's a mob boss with a machine head and he talks in a staggered, like, auto tuned voice. Right. That would, how would you describe him, Catalyst? Go ahead. He, he got, he's, 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 He's a mastermind because he's got a real, he's got a computer brain. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he's got like a, like a computer chip in his brain, and it's like so sophisticated, it's not working right. He like stat- no, what is that? It, that's what I got the understanding of. Is like he's not, he's not he, always he can functioning. Your moves, yeah. He's yeah. like, he's like, he's the kingpin basically. Mm-hmm. That, that's basically what it. He, he's he's, yeah. he's the kingpin, and, and he gets so, take, and he gets yeah. taken out in a really clever way by Titan. Right. Yes. Uh, He's a dude with a machine head. It's and Titan is voiced. Titan is voiced by uh, uh, Marsha Ali. Um, yeah, I mean, Dan, more Oscar bait coming to you. Yeah, yeah. Blade himself. Yep, yeah. Blade himself. Yeah, he was great. And Blade, Blade, and Green Mile, dude. I think Titan's Green Mile, Green Mile, dude. Watched it like two or three times. The last person I want to mention is Kevin Michael Richardson, who's a phenomenal voice actor who's voiced for 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 decades and a lot of voice work, and uh, he's he's a, a black man with a super booming baritone deep voice. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he plays the Mauler twins, who are these two uh, twin uh, clone brothers who are like these mad scientists, and they have all these mad schemes. They're like mid slash high level villains. Um, they get, but they're like usually uh, canon um, comedy, like because they get get beat up by 
even the Proto Justice, well, Justice League Guardians of the Globe, and by um, anybody can just beat them up. Any superhero, uh, <laughs> but they are no, uh, but they, you know, but they're pretty tough to regular humans and stuff. Um, and they're great, and they're just good fun, and they have a going back and forth thing about being fun. So I, Michael Dorn is Battle Beast, though. Oh, right. And Michael Dorn yeah. is Battle Beast. That's our yes. actual, like, that's a begin podcast favorite. That's a favorite. Uh, Battle Beast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Mark Hamill is in there as Art. Yeah, I wasn't Golden too long for his. I wasn't in, yeah. But that's I was cool. impressed by, like, the fact that he, how well he did that character. Yeah. But I wasn't interested in Art, but I was like, oh, like, right. it's really yeah. hard for me to yeah. hear the Mark Hamill in here. He really sounded like an old, like, like, Jewish tailor. Yeah. Like that. But, um, you know, when I hear Mark Hamill's doing like, actor, voice acting, I'm like, I want to hear the Joker. Just do the Joker. Right. <laughs> That's what I liked about it is he didn't play. Yeah. Again, it's he sub- like it, it felt per- perfect casting because Kirkman always subverts what you think. Like, you know, Kirkman does his thing. He's, he perfected it. Well, not like Ryan Johnson. Oh, shots fired. Yes. No, well, because Kirkman, does, here's this thing that he does. is he it's a, it's slow burn, crazy yeah. event. And then simmers a little bit, and then back, and right. uh, you know, just also, when you think you know what's going to happen, he, yeah. he switches it. Like, uh, I mean, what, what's the, but it, also your guy, uh, Laser Beam, uh, your Lex Luthor dude, the guy who voices Lex Luthor from well, that's Justice true, that's true. Yeah, Boy, uh, uh, Damian Darkblood, uh, um, Fancy Brown, Fancy yeah. Brown voices. Um, all all you uh, millennials out there will know him as uh, I don't know, Mister Krabs. Yeah, I do know. Uh, his name's Mr. Krabs from uh, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. SquarePants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, all, he all the cool that. people know him as the Kurgan. The Kurgan, yes. Gen X. Gen X. Know him as uh, the Kurgan from Highlander. Um, That's. And there can only be one Highlander. Or, or if you're somewhere in between, uh, as uh, what's uh, uh, Zim. Zim. Zim from uh, mm, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Uh, the drill sergeant and Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he played yeah, in, yeah. in, in this in, yeah. in Invincible, who's the detective. Ooh, we, yeah. Also, we should we should also discuss the the Amber controversy. Oh yeah, I was gonna bring her up for last because I didn't like uh, Zazzy Beats or Amber's character, and so but you know. One hundred percent agree, my man. One hundred percent. Amber. This Amber. Yeah. This one right here. She's blonde, oh. and I was gonna Here's say that. One? That Amber? Yeah. Is she blonde girl in the, in the comic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a blonde white girl in the comic. Basically blonde white girl. And so... That's, that's Amber Bennett right there. Yeah. And so Amber, yes, is played by, in the show, by Zazie Beetz. And they make the, they do a race uh, swap for the character in the show. Uh, she's black, and she pretty much looks like Zazie Beetz, but not even, not quite, but, you know, kind of. Yeah, kind uh, of. Dark skin I, Zazie Beetz. Yeah, like a darker skin as he beats. Um, uh, but uh, they make her this, uh, essentially this very woke SJW uh, aesthetic anyway, like uh, character, like, you know, um, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas Amber used uh, in the comics is this like basic uh, blonde white girl. Yeah, she's, she's like a Karen. You know, yeah. I had it. See, here's the thing. Here's the issue that I had, but I, you know, in the end, it it worked for me because I was. When at first I was kind of like in the comic. Uh, just let's say. It. All right, I I've heard, I think I've heard your argument, but I so I'm ready for the count. Well, go ahead. I, I, 
in in the comic, Amber is just kind of like very. When when Mark tells her that he's a super that he's a superhero, Amber's just like, "Oh, cool! Whoa, awesome!" She doesn't know. She doesn't know. My boyfriend's a superhero. Yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. That's in the comic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's played dumber. She's played like you know. She's not aware, and she's afterthought as a character. Okay. And that's you know, and that's it. And she's just like, "Oh, awesome!" She's, She's done. So I think the way that they did Amber, even though it was kind of like why you said why you have to make the one black girl like just just super abrasive. Yep. Um, yep. It's like it's like that that was like that 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 bothered me. But I think in the end, um, it it gives their relationship a better arc or an arc at all. Yeah. That's fair. That's- I. Something. I would like to add to. I I think that uh, at first I was like, "Ugh, why are you doing this?" But in the Invincible comics, Amber is a footnote in the sure. in the long history of it. Uh, again, she she's not as smart as the uh, series, the Amazon Prime series. Uh, Amber, I like the fact that they made this Amber in the Prime series like able to figure out like yeah i know you're invincible you're like you're leaving all the time like i'm not dumb um yeah but so, all I, right so i have a serious problem like all right so i've heard this argument lots of times you guys oh, wait, hold on wait and the thing that i had to come to terms with for me it was like all right they're gonna race swap it uh and there's only two ways you can go as a having a black female character in an all like majority white school it's either you are trying to fit in quiet and calm or you are speaking out about yourself so either either decision would be very difficult or someone's going to get upset and i like the fact that they went with a, a smarter woke amber to be honest because and it's not she's just she's just being an outspoken person it's not even like yeah exactly woke she's just being a yeah, person uh, yeah. who yeah, like, not like is yeah. not like a puppet like like i i think she's just a character that's to be taken serious i think the fact that she black uh, she's black makes people take it out of context you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm. uh and if they played her more passive they you know people would talk and be like oh how come she can't like be a smart black girl if it was like, the same blonde white amber from the books she would be like oh they it's an empowered woman they made her this character that's supposed to be a symbol <laughs> or whatever and so why can't black amber be that Amber. but I yeah think, I, I think again what you're belittling I, I think her. the main point for Not. me is that <laughs> that would be blue amber yes yeah. 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 i i think I think the the thing for me again is that that if you're gonna have Mark in a relationship in a show, that relationship has to have some kind of conflict in it. There has to be some kind of drama to it, or else there's just no point. In a comic, you can do that. You can just be like, okay, um, yeah, you know, she's she's happy with being a superhero, and you're expecting this big conflict, and it doesn't happen. And that's fine as a one-off note in a comic. But if you if you've bought this character that you introduce in the first episode, and this character is recurring the entire thing, and they're in this relationship, that relationship has to have conflict in it, or else it doesn't. There's it's flat. It doesn't do anything for the show. Yep. So 
you know, I, I can't think of another way to kind of organically create conflict in the narrative than to have her be like that. So I think she kind of had to be like that. Yeah. I disagree. Uh, but so I feel like it's a pendulum swing and I hear what you guys are saying. So I feel like it's a pendulum swing of like, she's a, in the comics, she's a, uh, nothing afterthought, uh, you know, uh, basically not a character. And then they swing the op- the entire opposite way where she's essentially omniscient. She knows, like knows everything. And, you know, I appreciate that she, I, I do like that she doesn't, you know, take crap from, you know, being in a predominantly, you know, white high school and all that. But that's not re- racism brought up at all. Um, but that's a thing you can, we, especially as like people watching the show can infer and put into that because that's how their reality would actually be um, in real life. But it's not if brought you, up. If, so. if, you, if you had like blue skinned people running around in Atlanteans, yeah. right? Race race would be kind of kind not. Of, yeah. Yeah, it would even yeah get even more tertiary. Uh, wouldn't be that important, uh, but that's fair. Um, but uh, the problems I have with her is the fact that if they so they swung they swung the uh, pendulum the entire opposite way, where she's like, oh, I knew it the whole time, and so why re- why are you being toxic? So like the relationship is, to me is essentially toxic. Whereas whenever they're uh, before she reveals she kn- she knew everything, her response to him is always. Uh, you need to step up, Mark Grayson. You need to prove to me, you know, you need to show up to me and do all this stuff. Like, what? Why? Why is he? Are you? Did he sign up to serve you or something? Or are you guys in a relationship? Well, like, okay, but if she knows, I, I think it was more like, hey, I know what you're doing. Why don't you just step up well, she, and, and be honest with me? That's a. That, that's not that, valid. Uh, that's not what she said to him. She's being coy. She's being. So uh, I, I think being, it, I think it's both sides of the being, coin. I don't think she knows yeah. as much as she's extending that she knows. She knows that's, he's invincible, right? But she doesn't yeah. know the details of what it takes to be invincible. You know what I'm saying? She might not know he like got put in the hospital. She might not know, you know, like one of his friends got like brutally beaten in a fight or there's some other shit he had to handle. So like, yeah, right. she knows he's invincible, but like, I, I don't think that she's necessarily being toxic. Cause she, she doesn't know well, the entire to- spectrum. To each other. And so in my in- interpretation of this new relationship in the show, they're not good for it. Cause you know, he's not mature enough to deal and, and, and be honest with her. Like it's on him too. I'm not, yeah. I'm not like, Oh, just, Mark is my boy. No, like, no, it's on him too for, for deceiving her for doing because that was bothering me throughout the entire show too of like it was like because that's why i don't like spider-man and like and so mark is like essentially character wise he's very much like this peter parker that people are in love with for some reason um because he's this whole like well i gotta hide my identity and then when my mary jane confronts me i'm so awkward about it like i'm tired of that yeah. like you know and and so and so he's doing that and, and so yeah he's being dishonest and she's aware of his dishonesty and you know she could have handled a, a better way sure like i, I she they could both could handle it i get it I, that's a good way to see it they both yeah. can handle it better um they both I, could handle it better essentially is, is my point and i don't think um they're that really good for each other if that's I, I, you well, know, maybe time can change and people can mature as they like go into college age and that kind well, of well but but here's the thing yeah. is that I, especially about invincible is that they don't let things linger so they could have drawn that, you know. I think one of the things, 
people dislike about Spider-Man is Spider-Man has been a character forever, oh. and then he yes. he spent like half of his oh, yeah. like life hiding himself. Oh, yeah. Whereas I in Invincible, yeah. like yeah. Uh, they show that Amber movie. finds out yeah. him yeah. and Eve get together. Like they like it's you're yeah. done. Like Amber's done. We're done sure. with Amber. Like that's sure. it. Mm. Wait, right? Am I correct? And spoiler alert: They get to he gets together with Eve. Mm. No, not in the show. In the show, I show look, but like in the show, they get back together. Uh, him and Amber, and they're like, "We'll try and make it work." And like, you know, whatever, whatever. But you know, yeah, I, is that what happened? Is that what happened in the show? Oh yes. no, they, or, no, I don't know. I I um, guess I'll chime in here. I hated that storyline, so I can't even remember what happened. Yeah, no, it, does, it does not happen the same way as it happens in the books. Like, if if laser beam is being like you know, like a five to seven negative. I'm like a negative 20 on Amber. I'm like, fuck that bitch. I can't oh, stand yeah. her. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't fucking stand. Her. I get what Corwin was saying about like, you got to have some drama there, but call me an old school traditionalist, but I like it when, you know, if there's, you know, in this case, a guy superhero, the super identity and like he reveals her or whatever I want, because like they're doing all this crazy stuff and like, they should have a supportive partner. I like the Lois Lane. I like the Mary Jane. You know, I like you know, and even in the in, in the Stay in the modern kitchen. sense, I like I like how um, like Pepper Potts is a great example. Like she, you know, she's ride or die with Tony. She's not giving him shit, and she knows what. Yes, she does give him shit. She literally gives him shit in Endgame. That's her whole thing. That's, that's in Endgame, game, but like in the books, she does that shit too. Even before like, she, like, like she is like his Pepper biggest is, like reasoner. Like Pepper, no, she is, tries like, to. Like she gives him shit from a place of love. She's not saying like Tony, you need to step up. She's like Tony, I'm worried about you. You're doing too much. You're taking too much. Doesn't on. she give him an yeah. ultimatum to put down the suit, or is her? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but like that's that's, that's literally what you're saying that's, though. That's different. That comes from a place of like love and being like she's very worried about Tony and him taking on too much versus the the Zazzy Beats character Amber. Being because she's like, a child, to, she's a young child. No, but I, but I understand. Uh, double, okay, I understand. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, I just I want to say my piece without being interrupted. That's right. that's what yeah. I need. Mean. I want to yeah. say my piece. I let everybody talk. Exactly. I want to say my piece on this without being interrupted because it like throws off my train of thought. And like I get you what you're saying. She's young, but she's a character that they're trying to make form full fledged. I would have preferred like now that you guys have described the Amber from the comic. I will 100% prefer that because like what I'm interested in when I watch these kind of shows or especially if it's anime and stuff like that is the fantastical world building. Omni-Man and the Viltrumites, the Flaxen, Machine Head, like all that kind of stuff. I don't care. Like I hate it when, you know, they do like they try and like humanize Superman by ha talking about his relationship with Lois Lane. That's why Batman is one of my favorite like, heroes because he don't love these hoes. Like I don't, he don't care <laughs> and stuff like that. And so like when they try to do this whole like woke thing, with her, like, I was like, that's fine. That's cool. That's who her character is. But when she, because she's very toxic, in my opinion, because she's playing games with Mark. She knows who he is. And instead of saying, like, you know, like, I think there's a lot of inference happening on you guys' side. And what I mean by that is, like, you, like, literally what she says is you need, like, is what Laser Beam said. You need to step up, Mark. You need to do more. It's not like she's saying step up and be honest. She's just literally saying you need to step up and do more. When she knows who he is. So that's manipulative. That's toxic. She's, like, setting a trap testing him and seeing what he will do to respond and that's not a healthy relationship and i get it like there that's good for like drama and like you know stuff like that but there's five other storylines i'm way more 
into like you know what's happening with damon darkblood what's happening with omni-man what's happening with the guardians like way more interested in that than all that shit that was happening with her i'm just like please write her out please kill her off i'm great i was really excited when you said oh she got he gets to replicate and amber is gone because like i hated yeah, yeah. Amber. everything it was like watching the sansa parts of game of thrones when i read the i was like can i skip this fucking chapter this is boring as fuck i don't give a shit like i want to see more battle beasts i want to see more like you know like all these other cool aspects of this world building and stuff like that like she saw him get beat up she saw him fight those crazy like cyborg dudes and stuff like that and she gives my man like no respite no like she's just very manipulative and i just did not white or black i didn't that didn't matter to me it was just more like um she was very like not there for him when he's dealing with like these otherworldly big big problems and stuff yes. like that and when i see like like i was hoping that and i'm glad you say she he's with do, uh, do the, not not duplicate but adam, adam eve. eve adam eve adam, adam eve because like i'm more interested like teenage romance that i've seen in animated stuff that i like is like nightwing with uh what's her face uh uh what's starfire you know uh, robin. So i like yeah. their robin well I mean, he's nightwing at same, that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but like nightwing with starfire like that is the like young adult superhero relationship that i want to see i want to see someone who's on his level and stuff like that you know like i hate it when they like if you're just a normal person then you 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 like yeah you can like talk about like the relationship and stuff like that but they're dealing with otherworldly shit and stuff like that it reminds me of like one time i was listening to uh uh buzz aldrin and uh and and and, and uh uh what's neil the other armstrong. dude neil armstrong talk about going to the moon and they were like, it's, it's, he's like, we're not trying to sound arrogant, but it's really hard to explain what it's like to go to space and walk on the moon to a normal person who hasn't done it. There is no yes. point of reference. So for like these superhero beings, when like people are trying to like give them these relationships with normal people, like I'm with Omni Man, you're like a pet to me. That's like, that should be like, yeah. that's how, that's how it should feel. And like the thing with Amber, like she was not ride or die. She's not like Pepper Potts. Like Pepper gives Iron Man shit. But it's from a place of love, and so like and I just also Iron Man's a human. Yeah, he's doing. He has this like superhero. He saved the world how many fucking times in these movies? <laughs> a lot. Well, I, I think I think Bilal, thank you for getting that out. Uh, one of the things that Invincible does that you'll like is that all those frustrations they move past it. Like he like Kirkman literally takes those things. Like he doesn't play out the Amber True. and Mark so relationship. It moves on. Uh, okay. Like you, you find uh, that you know in the series in in the Amazon Prime series, I was like, oh man, like they gave more screen time to things that in the books were a footnote, like the Damien Darkblood stuff. That's mm -hmm. just a, a that's minor not, side yeah, note. That's not much. Like he literally, like they play your man Damien Darkblood in the comics. Like everyone yeah, knows yeah, that, that uh, Omni Man was the killer. Because it was on TV, and Damien Darkblood is like an old school like detective, so he only <laughs> takes notes. And then people, he's still trying to solve the case when everyone's like, "Son, dude, like we know it was Omni Man," but in the I comics, like they they, they draw it out. Uh, in the comics, they also like give more time to the Guardians of the Globe. In I'm sure. uh, sorry, not in the comics, in the Amazon Prime series. Right, so in the right, comics, right. you just you just get introduced to these characters and you're like right. all right these are the analogs of the justice league you know you got your aquaman superman like your uh flash guy oh red rush flash no 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 not rex but he's not in the gardens of globe at first uh 
and you know war woman war woman, war woman. you know they got uh, the a martian hunter type dude yep. the immortal the martian the and, and so girl, or the invisible girl whatever she can do she can like visible. green ghost green, green ghost. ghost yeah uh which was also gender that was gender swapped um but the thing i love about kirkman is that uh you know he introduces characters and they just they just die Kind of like sure. in the Walking sure. Dead, like when you get frustrated with him, like you frustrated with Amber, fuck it, son, she's a pet. Like she's only you, like she's not gonna be there the whole series. Uh, That's hard well, for me to believe. And, and for for me, I I know that because I watch I, I read the book. For you, I can imagine. But, but like, double, I, I hope I you're right. I hope you're right. What's I hope they saying? don't make them. Double, I want to talk to. I hear what you're saying on storytelling. I think, I think they went a may may have gone a little too far in terms of. The it's like it's like she was written to create drama for the sake of creating drama and let of it yeah and, yes and and the drama didn't wasn't necessarily organic you know yeah. I mean yeah. if it, if if there was like at least some acknowledgement was like you know on the like on the college visit like right you know, right she's still giving the cold shoulder after and he gets he's on the silent treatment like this uh, it's like it's like if you knew he was invisible through all that, you know, and and you're mad at him for not yeah. telling you after he you know runs out and gets you know defeated by you know get gets his ass beat by cyborgs and fails to save his friend's boyfriend, and right. to, you know like all that stuff, that seemed very. She seemed very. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I just have to interrupt. Like self- in that scene, he saved their lives. Like and when that when they first show up, he saved their lives. And you're gonna give him the silent like I'm so, like that. We're done. You're over. We're over. That's yeah. So, so it's definitely like she's like, written. I can't deal with that. She's written to like a, a a little a little too extra in that way, you know, a little, yes, a little yeah. too drama for the sake of drama. So by the time the catharsis comes around and she's just like, it's like oh, all right. So you nearly get killed by your father. Okay. Yeah, if it's like. You know, she knew like if he was invincible, then you can infer like if he's gone for long periods of time, he may be hurt or in the hospital. And you could go to Adam Eve and be like, yo, I know what's up. And then when he comes back, like, I'm so glad you're alive. There's like she's just like, so you're gone for a long no, time. So here's the thing. I, I think it, it's it strikes reality. Like if you were a firefighter and you're out there working, like sometimes the, the our service providers aren't given the 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 praise and due diligence like it's memorial day we're recording this people are sacrificing lives and going out there and that's the crux of that amber mark relationship is that a human can never understand the superhuman world the same way is like i can't understand what it's like to see a fire and run into it and i can say thank you occasionally but you still you're like oh you're hours and and there's a ton of fire people like and, and police officers who go home and they're working hard hours and they're still feeling like you also, know, they're not also, giving it. I think we infer that she's doing. telling the absolute truth. Like she And she also could be like, she I could have been like, idea. I knew. Oh, I knew the whole time. Like, when does she really That's know? True. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she she probably found out when homie saw him during him saving their lives during that fight at the college. Like, you know, you don't know when she finds out. Like, oh, yeah, that's good point. Yeah, I mean, she could be false narrator of like, yeah, like you know, how many times have you dealt with a chick that gets emotional and makes up fake stuff? <laughs> I make up stuff. All it the comes time. back to just being 
or it, uh, it's like it, it ends up being kind of <laughs> it ends up being kind of toxic. I do see yeah. that the way it's, it's the way totally. it's written. I agree. I agree. I, I think Me, it's I think it's too great. Is like Invincible is a very um he's a paladin. Like he's a very as much as he can he's he's not hiding his identity so he can go do some fuck shit. He's trying to hide his identity because he can protect her. So if like a bad guy finds out who he is, he won't go fuck up his girlfriend. It's a traditional like reason why a guy hides his you know a hero hides his face or whatever. And you know he's not doing it for stupid reasons. And to me, if if I'm gonna believe this world, I have to believe Mark is the goodest, truest. He is the Lancelot. Yes. Of this world, everything <laughs> he does, and like you said, Kirkman made him like that. That child, like I love superheroes. Everything yeah. he does is from a place of goodness. Like he really wrestles. Like I want to go to Mars, but I also want to spend time with my girl and stuff like that. Hey. And like hey. she just like like gives him like a shit test of just yeah. being, you know of just being like where were you and like and if she knew at that point or like maybe a little bit after that, but she definitely knew by the end she of the ain't, college. She ain't thing. know he went to Mars. Like you know, Mars. but she knew. But like you're saying, like we don't know when she learned it. So maybe she learned that yeah. early. Like. If she, but she definitely knew by the time they did the college visit, by the end of the college visit. By the end of the, yes, that is a certainty. But like, it, she could have found out right at that point. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. At I, that I, point, like, if I found out my girlfriend or like one of my homies was like a superhero to just save my life, like, yo, thank you, dude. I love you so much. Thank you for saving. Not being like, you didn't show up for us. You went out for nachos and you weren't there. Where the fuck were you? <laughs> like, that yeah, sounds, I, I, I agree. Dick thing like, to say. <laughs> I, I I am I am agreeing with with Double Black and Laserbeam. Like I really the Amber character for me fell flat. Like I I was disappointed that it was a black character because it made me be like oh she just I, I think she just yeah I so I, I won't go that far. Not, well, I, I don't think she was my like favorite part. No yeah she she didn't. There were, there were other good black characters. That's I mean if she was the only black person in the show I would have been very upset. Oh Titan but, was know, amazing. Like, black Samson was cool. He was amazing. Like, yeah. like his whole story with I don't know I don't know black Samson. Black Samson. He was just angry all the time. They had other black, black people, people be angry. other people of color doing stuff and so I, that that was okay. I, that felt okay to me and stuff like that. It you know it was like you know, if it was tokenism and it was like the one, she was the one black person. If it was like, um, let me see, what's another show? Jupiter's Legacy, where she's the only black person and she's in a wheelchair. I'm like, fuck this show. The fuck is this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Tune in later for exactly. our Jupiter Legacy review. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like that. You know, that didn't bother me as much as she was like the black in the show it was just she was one of the black characters in the show because it, there were multiple black characters that you could see from different perspectives and stuff like they weren't treating us in a tokenistic monolithic kind of way of just yeah. like one purview of black people and this is how all black people are like that that didn't happen and and so um you know that that was cool to me like in my head canon the way i looked at it is like the mauler twins were black at one point and they started doing these genetic experiments because they sound like black dudes <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a good way i mean like normally they make black people blue yeah like they turn blue and stuff like that you know and so um you yeah. know they what's the name isn't the the rex explosion isn't he supposed to be like latino or something like that um, mm, or nah no nah He's like a white dude. Yeah. He's, he's like a he's a super duper frat white guy. He's like, because he's kind of like brownish. Like his character. Yeah, and like in, in the in the show, it is, show, but not like he's in the. Got some, he looks like he's no. got some kind of persuasion in him. He he's, doesn't. Look he, like no, he's called casual. 
in the <laughs> in the comic. Yeah, yeah. Like he does shit called casually. His his his, his real name like, in, in uh, is Dylan, and that's not like lore, but like you know, right. in life, it's it's like if you met and, Dylan. Because the the actor who plays him on the show does his voice is Jason Mazukis, and he's Greek, and he like he's into this whole like playing this whole like I'm Greek, so I'm not white, you know, but like whatever the thing that. And like, sometimes he plays Hispanic characters. And, yeah, and, yeah, he's, he's very tan. That dude, yeah, I'll say that you know, but whatever. That just 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 kind of shows how close Greeks Greece is to North Africa. Yes. <laughs> <That's Yeah. what laughs> Kind of like what? the color line of the world, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. I listen. I will say one one thing about Amber, though, and we can move on. Is that why I, I also disliked her as a character? I, I didn't like her story arc in the show as much as the comics, because in the comics she's just like kind of there, flat panel. Um, right. Yeah. But in the show, they at least built her up as like independent. Like she kind of like Mark is insecure. And yeah. Amber is secure of herself, and in the yeah. comics, that is not the case. No, that, yeah, that's a good. That's not I, the case, yeah. and I thought that was a good thing is to make like a strong, independent woman. Uh, yeah, right, and, right, and it's right. funny it, because it, it had Mark's to make on his the character journey. interesting for the show. They had yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. She she went a little. She's a MacGuffin in the books. The is that uh, the right way to use that term? No, ah, oh. oh, fuck no. no. Okay, my bad. <laughs> she's like fur- she's furniture. I try, just- I try to, I try to do <laughs> it. And she doesn't get fridged. That's a good thing. I really like the independent woman thing from Adam Eve. I loved her. Like you Listen, know, like she you- was like my strong female character. I was like every time she was on screen, I was into what Adam Eve was doing, even though I had nothing to fucking do with Invincible, nothing to do with Omni Man. Yeah. She was like this young woman who was like, yeah. I need to find myself. I need to get the fuck out of my parents' house. I need the to like go my own. Yeah. Yeah, I need to build like my parents are like very toxic. They want me to be in this very traditional role, and that's not who the fuck I am. I'm fucking Adam Eve. Like fuck off, you know. It's basically like the well, the miracle man of this fucking universe and stuff like well, that. Well, so, yeah, yeah, goes and does her own thing and just saves people on out. She gets out of a toxic relationship with Rex Blows, um, and she just lives in the forest, like saving people with fires and trees and birds and like you know chipmunks and like you know just crazy you know just basic stuff. This being free and like, yeah i like her way more yeah anyway. listen adam eve is is one of my favorite characters in that series and almost all time because she you know she set up with the the pink on pink outfit super girly like seriously pink on pink on pink son she's like Nicki minaj like the pink print uh yeah. but yeah. one thing that kirkman does is that it's not just like you know she she starts with using her abilities kind of like green lantern-esque making yep. blocks and these things yeah. but then yeah, you cool. learn through the story is that she's super smart she intrinsically knows the atomic composition of most yeah. matter and she yeah. realizes in the comics and in the show that like what am i doing with my life like what would i benefit from going to college doing the same route so eve in the comics and in the show is the one who helps Mark on his journey because Mark is stuck here being like, oh, like I've been a human all my life. Let me just do regular shit. And, you know, Eve is the one who's like, well, why are you doing this? Like you can do like even when Eve is in love with Mark in the comics and in the show, she's like, all right, Mark, do what you need to do. Date a girl, knowing that that's not going to work because that like no human is going to understand what it's right. like to suit up and fight an alien evasion and then come home. And uh, I'm looking forward to in the show seeing Adam Eve like skyrocket because in the comics 
she her arc is phenomenal she goes from like this background piece to being sorry now i'm very curious because like i have done a little bit of a deep dive but i didn't know that they got together but like they have just yeah oh wow that you didn't die about to be like they got a child you're hiding a son like like drake you were hiding a child exactly well like i looked at um adonis like google adam eve and then I saw a picture of her pregnant. I was like, oh shit, this bitch is pregnant? I wonder who the dad is. Now I know. Battle Beast. Battle, <laughs> yeah, Beast. Battle Beast be the pappy. Battle Beast be beating that up. Be like the, that. Battle Beast is the pappy. I be the pappy Battle, boss. Battle Beasting it up. <laughs> Battle Beast and Adam Eve. That's my answer. I'm, I'm fire. I'm for that. I'm for you're that. shipping that. That's what you're I'm shipping? shipping. I'm the shipping baby, that. The baby's name is Carrot. They put that on if that if that actually happened in the show, I would not be mad at it. I'd be like, yo, this is dope. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I I would be there for it. So anyway, but yeah, you know, uh I'll just jump in real quick and just was a couple quick follow-ups of stuff I liked and didn't like. Um I like, you know, like Laserbeam said, I really liked the voice acting in the show and I really liked a lot of the storylines in the show. And you know, for me the show is just like it answers you know as a nerd you have these like all-time fights and like stuff you talk about like you know what if like you know wolverine fought the hulk what if thor fought doc strange and this is answers like one of the ultimate questions what if superman decided to fuck up the justice league and stuff like that you know which kind of got answered a little bit in the movie you know you kind of saw like what happened in Zack snyder's movie but like you know they really like you know and Kirkman took that kernel because I watched interviews with him. I watched him on Kevin Smith's podcast and I watched him in on Entertainment Weekly, uh, like uh, Spotlight. And, you know, he really talks about like, you know, one going back to like very few writers because he wrote the book and he also wrote the screenplay. Very few writers get to go back and redo their stuff and, and, and reinterpret it you know, 20 years later or, or so, or 18 years later. And so, you know, it's kind of like, he's like, it's this weird time travel thing where I'm like talking to my younger self and like seeing like the flaws and I'm a much better writer now. And I'm, and I'm much thinking more creative ways. So that was interesting as well, just, just to watch that sort of inspire. But it's very well written and the, the voice acting is amazing. And the, the world building, like you were saying, the world building is so well done. It just kind of grabs you and doesn't let go. I remember maybe six years ago for us we were at comic-con and you were getting you and danny our friend danny were going to get some like kirkman some books signed by kirkman or something like that yeah. and you're like yo i can't wait to get this invincible book he's like look at this scene where this dude's throwing a baseball around the world to his son this is so dope and i was like yeah whatever man i'm not watching that <laughs> i'm not into that right now and now i'm like yo i want to read this book it's amazing <laughs> this is so good and so they yeah. saved those little things to put into the show and stuff and so like just the like little world building i think is really 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 good and um and very well done um and my main complaint was amber like she was a thing i really yeah. didn't like at all in the show um but it made me very curious i did like some deep little bit of deep dives to try and figure out what's going to happen next because it's going to be at least another year before the show is another season and you know it was only eight episodes and i was like oh, i just you know it's one of those shows that left me wanting more stuff um but yeah i just you know it was definitely very well done in my opinion so i'll let you guys talk about what you liked and didn't like um i mean uh, i guess uh, yeah I, I i don't have a lot to say because most of it has already been said but uh, uh i thought it was great uh if you've watched any of the begin podcast uh previous stuff if it's not like a hundred percent 
accurate to the lore, I tend not to take to it very well. Um, I tend to kind of shun it and push it away. Uh, but this was quite the opposite. Like I, I picked up multiple places where they didn't keep up with the lore because it's one of my favorite comic books. Um, and I still wanted to watch it. I still wanted to keep going. Uh, and even more so, uh, it, it encouraged me to get back into the books. Um, I gave away a lot of my issues of Invincible and a lot of the stuff I had collected over time. And now I'm getting back into it. I'm rereading it. Um, and that's really what something that goes back and revisits its source content should do uh, for the original content in which it aspires. And so that's what I really think is cool about Invincible. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, I guess I'll go. Um, Invincible is one of my favorite books, like Catalyst said. Uh, and what I loved about the show is that Kirkman really has a sense like like you said it's rare to have the chance to go back and visit your material and rewrite it and the little nuances showed so in for instance the comics uh mark's favorite comic book is science dog but in the show <laughs> it's seance dog a little <laughs> twist science dog was this action dog kind of um like Tom Strong, like kind of do with the jetpack and stuff. And Seance Dog is like kind of this like Doctor Strangey dog, um, and it, it shows like it's it's super it's super clever. And it also shows that he knows that the audience is going to be people who love Invincible and new people. And one thing that Kirkman did in the comics is, you know, play with tropes. And, you know, there's a whole series where there's an Invincible War. Spoiler alert, there's a multiverse in Invincible's universe. And you meet other versions of Invincible. You know, like the Mohawk badass version. You meet all these. And for me, as soon as oh, I saw... explains a lot. Okay. Yeah, as soon as I saw... I've only science, seen images. <laughs> as, as soon as I saw Seance Dog, I was like, for me, this is a multiverse. So I can still keep my comic version of Invincible. And then there's another one. And like, who knows? Maybe the comic version of Invincible shows up in this TV show during the Invincible War. But like those well, little things for me uh, were big. Um, the other thing that I will say is that normally I'm the dude who's like, I, I like the soundtracks. And, you know, like I, I focus on the music in this podcast. And I found myself in a weird place is that some of the music choices fit but then some felt awkward like they i love run the jewels but i think they had two or three run the jewel songs they were they were definitely going for a contemporary feel and and yeah it's very different and 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 so and and odis again like you know i love run the jewels but some of Mm -hmm. that felt weird um but as you guys said before man the the voice acting was top notch the storytelling while I think was different than the comics. I understand why it happened. I understand why you have to show the Guardians of the Globe and show them being killed, which, by the way, is my favorite scene. Like that, like in the comics, you just make, like, it's a few panels. Like they all show up and then their heads are chopped off and it's just like this kind of behind the scenes thing. But in the, the show, it's right in your face. And I heard a lot of people argue that this comic is, or sorry, the show is too brutal. It's brutal for no reason. But that shows that you don't understand what Invincible is. Because, again, 
it's very much like the walking dead where you know you you build and then you have like glenn getting killed by negan like those things like that that visceral in your face uh it's like you said catalyst it reminds you that this is the real world if you were superheroes fighting and you're inexperienced you might end up in a hospital and um i think it was very true to that so for me uh it it got my comic lover like approval and also as a new person you could really get into it like you know listen to you double black being like all right i want more of this i've seen friends post like invincible is that show uh and for in eight episodes to build a world that you want more and then you will constantly be surprised by as someone who knows the lore like i will tell you this show was going to get better so that, that's no, how I, 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 I mean that's kirkman he always yeah. like he starts high and just like just, always yeah, just, goes through the roof <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that this the show really is Kirkman's. I mean, I think it's rare that in, as an artist that you get to to kind of relaunch material that was successful and that you love, but make the changes that you like the stuff you wish you would have done. It's kind of like, man, I wish I would have recorded like you know when you record a song and then you listen to it. 10 years later, you're like, man, I wish I would have done this or that. Yep. You yeah. got a chance to do that, I think, with this show. And the storytelling changes that they make, I think, are universally for the better in terms of storytelling for the show. The, you know, kind of understanding that it's a different medium um, than comics and then but taking the best things from the comics and creating a a really watchable, compelling, fast moving, fun but but visceral superhero show. Um it, it's just I think it's 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 really good. I think it's the 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 best thing to come out this year genre wise in my opinion in terms of wow what it chooses to draw from the first from from the source material the changes that they make the how it how they use the medium how they how they use the animation it's all just top notch i thought i thought it was really gay, a great a really great version of a really great story and um i hope they get a chance to sell the entire saga i really do well, are you saying is you like it better than both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes. I don't even want to let Neil answer that. Yes. <laughs> Interru- I'm, it, we interrupting tonight. Yes. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think that I do. I think mm. that I do. I, I mean, okay. Um, okay. just, uh, you know, WandaVision had some pacing things going on. Um Falcon Winter Soldier, I think, suffered a little bit in terms of like <laughs> some budget stuff, you know. Like, man, find find a find a dude who looks like Anthony Mackie, just a little bit, to be a stunt double. Just come dude, on. Man. I, I never told you. Like, I listened to an interview with him, and there's a reason why that that your point about that is actually true. Because Anthony Mackie, he revealed on a, uh, I think I sent it to you guys on the, I think the Hot 97 interview he did with Ebro and those guys. His stuntman retired 
right before they started filming this. Like, he basically bowed out of Endgame. It's the same guy who's been with him since Winter Soldier, but the brother is older. The brother's, like, almost 50. Okay. So he retired. He's like he's the guy who's always like done all my stunts and wire work since since uh, Winter Soldier. And he's like this guy retired basically at the end of Endgame. We tried to get him to come back, but then COVID happened. He's like, Nah, I'm good. And like he's like they've been trying to find a guy. They got the great value <laughs> stunt man for my yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he shot. He shouted him out. I don't. Know, I don't remember the brother's name, but he shouted him out. He's like this guy's been a stunt man since like. You know, he started off on an 18 back in the day when he was like 18, 19 years old or something like that. He's like, he's been in, he's a dude, he's a black dude who's been a stuntman for a very long time. And he was just like, yeah, this dude was like the man and all this kind of stuff. And he retired. I was like, he was like, God damn. And they've been trying to find a guy that looks like him. But to yeah. your point, I remember you brought that up and I was like, all right, I got to tell, I got to tell Corwinder about this back. That's crazy. So they could, I guess my point is that they, they could use, since it's animation, they, you know, they can do all the stuff at, to to make it authentic to the book. You know, it's like so they're not kind of constrained by location. They're not constrained by, you know, all these things. Like, yeah, they can go to Mars. You know, they can go to the cab machine head. Yeah. Be like, yeah, right. <laughs> machine head. Yeah. So, so, um, so. Battle beast. So Yo, yeah. Okay, I, hold on. Wait, hold on. So I think I did. I don't want to sidetrack. I'll stand by that statement. Yes. But I have a question. Fair. Fair. I want to posit this to everybody because I've, I've been thinking about this since the comics. Is how did Battle Beast get in contact with Machine Head? Like right, Battle Beast is an intergalactic <laughs> threat. I don't know. I figured they would reveal that much later. Like Machine Head's going to come Head. back, and no, he's got, he's got stuff that reaches into outer space. No, here's space. the thing: as I don't know this question after reading the entire series, I, oh, yeah, I have I have collected every yeah. issue, and I'm still like, how do they have him later. on the pager? He was like, Brr! like he he Nextel chirped him, and well, all of a sudden, do they have boom tube technology or something in that universe? Because Battle Beast is clearly like a boom tube type person. No. So here's the thing. If they did, the Viltrumites wouldn't be flying their bitch asses all over this, the, the, the <laughs> galaxy. I got to think that, that that's one of the things that like Kirkman invented mm -hmm. Battle Beast like back in the day. And it, the character could, took off. So they just wrote some more stuff for him. And now they're just like, <laughs> I'm just like oh, man, I got to <laughs> I got I got to well, figure out how even in works. even in the comics he goes he he messes up uh bulletproof and black simpson which by the way were two black hair two two black dudes yeah well, just, that they, they, that. they well, come and double team yeah, him they stuck monstrous in for that in and the, you know. and then but then after that battle beast is like y'all ain't worthy in his dips they never explain how he dips they don't like like that's it like I, also, again, again how is he in machine heads rolodex and if he had contacts with people like battle beast why didn't he get another so, like he's so, like higher better we people had this conversation already. we already had this conversation i feel like it was just a random solicitation on the internet you know how people no, he's not, he's, he's he was looking at the craig list of wreck he was looking at the craig list of beef nigga he was like Oh, he said some some niggas on this earth want some shit. He said, "Cool, I go down there." He got down there and he was like, "Y'all don't even have a thousand dollars to put on this game 
of of craps. My, like you can't even shoot dice with me. You know what I'm saying? And he 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 smacked a few dudes up, and he was like. I'm going to take the pot and bounce before one of y'all do something crazy. He said, I'm straight. Yeah. I'm good. He said, and if you chose to do it, I keep the heat on me. But he kept it on me. I keep the heat on me at all times. So so please don't 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 mess with me. I'm Battle Beast, the scourge of the galaxies. No, because if, if he was, here's my thing, is if he was there, he would have fought Omni-Man. He would have fought. He would have realized. He wasn't even there for that long. This was a business endeavor. He didn't go there for. How long was he there? Okay, okay. He did some research. Five seconds. 45 Just going there, like you, you can spoil it. I assumed at one point Battle Beast fights Omni Man and gets nope. the shit. No, nope, that's not no, no. son. Let all, all I have to say <laughs> is wait till this is all the universe. You said it already. Forrest. Wait till you meet Thrag. Yeah, I was gonna say Thrag. Thrag is that I didn't want to say Thrag, but Thrag is yeah. that motherfucker. Wait till you meet man. Thrag and wait till you see the best battle that again, Kirkman. uh he he flips over he flips over the table of every expectation. So one of the best fight scenes in the whole series, all hundred, almost fifty issues, uh, is Battle Beast versus Thrag, and it happens in the background. It's it's only panels during like five issues. It's literally and, and people are getting eviscerated and and like like they're throwing everything. And, and like you said, Kirk, he's level, he always levels up. Like I I I would expect none less. That's, yeah. That sounds extra dope. In, in the back in the background, it's literally like uh, one of the things I the love about the background is even better. That's so that's right. So lit. That's so lit. <laughs> One like of the said, best parts. Expectation, yeah. you know, as opposed to like shit on expectation. Yeah, he, he's just like, oh, things like, like you read that comic, and then you're just like, oh shit, that's Battle Beast in the background, like, right? Yeah. It, it'll be, it'll be like Mark and Eve and his daughter hanging out on an alien planet doing family stuff, and then two pages of Battle Beast and Thrag, <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, and then it's back to Mark and them with a robot. That and you're like, sounds amazing, bro. amazing. And I'm here. I'm here for it. That's why I'm like, I want more of this because it's that's so smart. That's so well done. Because and also like the whole thing where you guys are like saying, oh, he smashes up Black Samson and Bulletproof, these two black characters. Again, in my head canon, because it's voiced by one of the blackest dudes I've ever seen in my <laughs> You're life. Like, yeah. Battle Beast is a brother. Like I don't yeah. like fuck what you heard. He's a black dude. To me. He don't even. He not. He no he's one. an equal opportunity ass whooper. That's what he is. So like that's well, just black on black crime. That's <laughs> okay. equal opportunity well, ass whooper. Who else could rock a white fur coat? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like a white fur coat and a hat. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Battle Beast is voiced by Michael Dorn, who, for those who don't know, is a uh, wharf. Lieutenant Dwarf. Lieutenant Commander. Commander Dwarf. Lieutenant Commander. You gotta put some respect on this. You're right. In the galaxy. He's from Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually let, let Worf be Worf, man. Yeah. Like, like, he's yeah. finally got to play like the, the baddest of the badasses. Because you know, yeah. Worf kind of got his ass kicked a lot in Star Trek. And TNG. He gets he whipped ass in DS9. That's that's yes. so. he 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 yeah. he Kills a lot of motherfuckers in DS9. That's, fact, that's factual. He, he, factual. He's putting body. He's got. He's probably got the highest body count in DS9. That's clearly, that's clearly <laughs> a stipulation in his Like I'll come and do this, but I'm whipping ass when I'm in exactly. DS9. Yeah. Day one, he's slapping around other Klingons. He's like, "What the fuck you said to me, boy?" You have no honor. <laughs> so, what do you guys? What do you guys think of? Uh... 
right. You want to do some do some numbers? I was going to say, do, do we think numbers is a is a thing, or is it too early in the saga? Or no, I think we can do some numbers. Let's sleep on it a little bit. On season one, we can just do it on season one. What we think so far? Yeah. Right. Okay. Do some SJs and some star screens if you want to break it down, cat. All right. So uh, as the Faithful to the Begin podcast are very aware. Uh, we do our rating system in a, a somewhat unique way. Uh, we we firmly believe here at the Begin podcast that no thing can be either good or bad. It can be both in both directions. Um, so our SJs are everything good about anything we've seen, and that correlates to to many of the things we hold dear in in our cultural experience. And that's uh you know Sam Jackson, Stony Jacksons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then Star Screams, uh, as coined by Cordwinder Blurred, uh, is all of the bad things that could happen in any endeavor you go through. Because Star Screams stay fucking up. Um, so uh, if you if get you're it, both coined by Cordwinder, by the way. Oh, that's true. That's true. Both SJs coined and by, SSs, yes. baby. Okay. That, thank you, you for props. the correction. Give that's true. Their roses. Give props where, where props is due. So with that being said, long story short, SJ's good. Star Screams bad. Kick it off. All right. I'm gonna start. I I'm gonna give this an a heretofore unprecedented five SJs, and that bam, is because under Marco. That, that is because I think it does everything that it intends to do. It sets out to to bring this story from the comics page to 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 the animated work and i think it just works uh i think they accomplished everything they tried to do for for star screams um i'm gonna give it two two and a quarter star screams and mostly and most of that uh, again is that is the the amber relationship it's just it i understand why they did it and it just didn't work for me it was too it was it was too much it was too self-absorbed and that that kind of brought me out of the show she she like her self-absorption level was so high that it actually kind of like maybe just not it it bought me out it literally bought me out of the show sometimes so that's the and and that's not a knock on Zazie Beats I think she does a great job voicing that character it's just I yeah think, I think when they're writing the character they just took it to too much of an extreme and you know that she she was at one extreme and they brought it to a whole other extreme and then it just didn't cycle back. It just did. It just didn't work for me. So that that's my thing. Five to two and a quarter. Thanks. Okay. Uh, I guess I can go next. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this un unprecedented run with another five. Uh, this is listen. Uh, I've said it multiple times in this cast right now. Invincible is one of my favorite books. Uh, I remember turning Catalyst on, like we we talked about it. Like it, it, I actually bought the first few issues of Invincible when it came out. I put it down because it it's a slow burn. 
And then I picked it up after the first volume, the collected volumes dropped. And I was like, oh, I missed out. And then after that, I never missed an issue. It's one of the few comics that like I just kept with. And it, it consistently hit me. The show did the same thing. It, it felt the same. Uh, in, in this era of pandemic depression and being offered a lot of fancy treats like your Jupiter's Legacies and your Snyder Verses and all that stuff, this did it for me. It 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 gave me big action, like high level voice talent. Some of the I think maybe some of the best voice acting I've seen in an animated series. Just I'm put it out there. Um, you know, it 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 played with their emotions, even the parts that I thought I knew what was gonna happen they twisted it just enough like i said that seance dog like these these things and and this is uh when kirkman wrote it it was a love letter to superheroes and the show feels like a love letter to superheroics uh and you know it, it got me for star screams i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it one and a half uh because some of the things I think they added, like, like you said, the Amber story arc is, is tough for me. Uh, pulling out the uh, Damien Darkblood. I know I, I like the character, but I I didn't need it. I thought it was unnecessary. Mm -hmm. It was something to give to new people. So I didn't really like that. Um, and I also thought some of the incongruencies between the, the soundtrack choices for me stood out. Mm -hmm. it, it really did. Like, uh, and so it didn't take enough away for me to like dislike it, but it definitely one and a half. So five SJs, one and a half star streams. Okay. Um, I guess I'll jump in next. Um, I'm not going to follow with the five because I, <laughs> I didn't think it was that good. I actually like Falcon Winter Soldier, Soldier better. Um, for me, that was it had the mantis on. Yeah, oh, that's true. Son, oh, I love this. That, that's like Falcon and Winter Soldier just like hit me in places that like I didn't even know I was like emotionally vulnerable. <laughs> and, and the fields. Like it, 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 it did things to me that like only Black Panther has done. So I'm just like, yeah, I like it's, it's, the, it's the cream of the crop. I'll die on the hill defending Falcon and Winter Soldier. We have to see what Loki does and stuff. But like, I'll die on the hill for like Disney Plus Marvel shows right now for Falcon and Winter Soldier. So. While I definitely enjoyed Invincible, I would say it's a four. I would give it four SJs. It was a full four. It was fun. I want more. It was very cool and stuff like that. It's still like the stuff like, you know, I understand what you're saying about Damon Dark, but I wanted to see more of that in, in him and, and certain other characters and things like that. I, I was a little bit, I wanted actually a little bit more Adam Eve because I was like more interested in her journey. What she was going through, I was just like, I wish there was a little bit more yeah. than them. And one of the problems I did have, I mean, I understand Omni Man is like the ultimate villain, and he's like the wolf in sheep's clothing kind of character, and like all this kind of stuff. But most of their villains were kind of like comic booky and gimmicky, like Doc Seismic. I'm like, who? This guy's straight out of Dragon Ball. Who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> Doc Seismic? What? What about him? What about him correlates to Dragon Ball? I'd love to ask because I'm actually a, a pretty big Dragon Ball fan. I know 
I don't know much about, but like the way his like enemy, he's like, ah. Okay, all right. I, I guess I get in there, and there's like electricity popping from his gloves and shit. Yeah, but like, like it, 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 yeah, I don't know that that it didn't do that. And so me. like the you know like I mean a couple of the villains were kind of like the evil doctor who makes the cyborgs stuff like that but like i just didn't feel like they didn't have like a real like lex luther or joker or like you know even like a penguin or a two-faced like somebody like you know once you start building a superhero world you got to start building a rogues gallery of like you know villains that they fight on a, i mean i think kind of like titan but like to me titan is not a villain i'm just like he's an anti-hero he's like venom to me <laughs> and stuff like he's not a bad guy he's just you know dealing with the situation he's got like you know there's very little difference between Titan and Luke Cage in my in my worldview. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're, you're muted. You're muted. They're in the same place. Uh, before he jumps in. Oh yeah. No. So so one thing I, I will just say not to interrupt too long, but like that's the thing that Kirkman does is that uh, the villains and the heroes like they meld together. The people that you think are going to be your Lex Luthers turn out to be. Right. heroes and it, it like even you know they kind of show that, that. Makes it more um human that makes it more yeah. like feel more real and it does it in a way like to your point like you've been, your, your thesis statement like it's better feels better and more true than garth ennis like garth ennis feels like he doesn't give a, he's just like people like if people had this power they'd all be bad they would all be evil they would all be self-centered they'll all be narcissistic and stuff like that whereas like kirkman's like no people would be gray and they would you know things you know things would be kind of like you know okay and, and stuff and so some people would be good some people would be bad a lot of people would switch back and forth i mean that's one of the like you know things i liked about i guess it didn't come out this year it came out the end of last year but the last season of the expanse is like one of my favorite lines from that show now is you don't have to be a good person to do good things there's these two oh. characters in the show who are like bad people who have hurt people have done really bad things one of them's in jail for murdering people and they you know do an act of like you know nature or god get out and then they decide to help people who have been also hurt by like these like horrific situations that are you know and you know at one point they're like but we're bad people we shouldn't be helping people and it's like and one character turns to the other character and says you don't have to be a good person to do good things and so like and that's kind of like you know like i like that and so like in kirkman kind of plays with that i can kind of see what you're talking about and so I, that's what i i liked about it but i wanted a little like to me the most interesting villains they had were the flaxons i was like who are these dudes like this whole like the fact they come back three times with the time traveling they just like fixing the chronos i was like oh man these dudes are dope this is really smart this is very well done and so like uh i hope they do more and i want to see more and so i would give it a solid two all for amber like she gets all the hate like she's garbage <laughs> Get rid of her. She gets two full star screams from me. Like just garbage. <laughs> like I couldn't stand her storyline. She doesn't have my like, you know, laser beam will tell you, like when you know, it's like the Walter White syndrome. When you're like going hardcore as a dude and your girl's not riding with you, like that's a real hard sell for me, man. That's a real hard sell for me. And so I was just like, ugh, yuck, you suck. So anyway, but yeah, those, those like four SJs, two star screams. That's me. All right. Uh I guess I I'll, I'll kick it into gear here next. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with, uh, the majority of the crew and I'm giving it, uh, five SJs. Uh, Triple it, five. yeah, it, it embodies the, the comic so well. It gave me all the same feelings. It, it just made me, you know, 
get just as involved with the characters as I did before, uh, just as like in love with the characters as I was before, uh, even if they do different things and they get to the, the same place in different ways. Um, and I feel like that's just a testament to the storytelling, the voice acting, the, the animation and, and everything. Um, so I'm going 5SJ's hard, hardcore. Uh, I'm going to give it one star stream. Uh, for the same reason that I give the the books one star stream, and it, it's not necessarily because Amber's a, a a crappy character. I don't like any of the romantic shit. Like none of that romantic shit resonates with me at all. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I could care less about <laughs> this nigga. Callus, like I don't love these hoes. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, <laughs> none of that shit resonates with me at all. Like I don't give a fuck if he's with Amber, Adam, Eve. Like he could be fucking with Duplicate. Like I don't give a fuck, my nigga. Like punch somebody in the face. Like like punch somebody in the face. So um, that 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 for me, like I I, I would have thought would have been the one thing that they minimized or or left on the cutting room floor but i know it's a big part of it it shows the humanity of the character it shows a large reason why invincible even wants to save his earth people and his earth family in the first place and and starts the conflict i get all of those things but never ever was something that i like turn pages for uh i would often get to that point of the book and be like ah, i'm good uh let me let me read through this as fast as i can and i felt kind of the same way with this show so i'll give it one star screen because of such a heavy romantic emphasis uh which wasn't my thing uh but otherwise man like invincible is is, is as good as it can get for a nerd all right all right all right, uh, mm. laser beam here. Right. All right, I'm gonna hit you with my scores. Um, essentially, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna meet. I'll meet everybody in the middle. The three fives plus plus my brother double black. I'll give it four and a half. SJ's in the middle, and the only reason I'm not giving it a five, it loses half a half a SJ because I just I don't like Mark that much. <laughs> oh, that's 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 clutch. Ooh. That's clutch. Easier. Yeah. I like what I said it before. It was like he's too much of the Spider-Man. You know, he's just he's uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man trope, but with you know Superman's powers or whatever. And yeah, that's I true. Laser Beam don't give a fuck about Peter Parker. <laughs> I don't. I I really don't. <laughs> Uncle Ben knows, huh? Yeah, no. Like yeah, he probably. died a lot. He yeah, not he the black died. one, yeah. though. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like, he had the blicky. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was Miles Morales all day. Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, the only Peter Parker I like is Peter, Peter B. Parker. And, uh, anyway, well, whatever. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so he, they lose half of, uh, half of SJ for, for, um, uh, for that dude. Um, and then, uh, they get, um, uh, two, uh, two, uh, what is it, uh, Star Screams? Star Screams. Yeah, one, one for their toxic relationship. I won't go too hard. It's not all on Amber. <laughs> their relationship was was toxic she was mainly the problem but i'll get more more of the problem was on her but both of them both of them i i'd say you know him not you know sure like you said you like that but uh um you know trying to be fair uh trying to see the world in a whole bigger you know point of view and um but it, it gets a whole nother uh um star screen for uh alan played by uh seth rogan I hate that dude. <laughs> Hold on, what, what? Alan or Seth Rogen? Waiting for you, uh, okay. Alan or Seth Rogen? You hate Seth Rogen? Yeah, I pick anyone. Oh, nah, man. I, I hate Seth no. That much. 
Seth Rogen is fine when he plays plays in his lane. And I don't like this motherfucker. He's like jumping in lanes that he shouldn't be jumping in. Uh, mm-hmm. I, like him. I, laser beam. I mean, there's a lane yeah. for everybody. Like even Chipotle yeah. has lanes. They're called Chipotle oh, lanes. Get your burrito. You know, <laughs> I want I want serrata, uh, sofrita uh, meat. Um, <laughs> this dude, yeah, he just he just gets because he's the executive producer and he just gets to have a character and he's just and like he's not trying just being Seth uh, Seth Rogen as an you know alien. You know, oh, I'm here to save the day. Like okay, cool. I guess you know, people enjoy that. That's fine. It it irks me. Um, and uh, yeah, because he's not funny. He's take, he really he's there's two things like you said that take that took me. Uh, you guys were saying one of you. I forgot who. I'm sorry. Said it took you know the Amber, uh, you know, uh, Mark relationship took you out because it was so distracting, and it, and that did. Uh, though I felt the exact same way when they were fighting and. You know, being toxic and she's being very manipulative and he being super immature. Um, and that took me out of the show. I was like, isn't this show about superheroes punching each other? I guess not. All right. And then. Uh, it's, it's got Superman and Lois. Yeah. And then uh, and then also whenever Seth Rogen showed up as Alan, you know, that took me out. I was like, oh, okay, right. This is a, this is not real. Like, because yeah. he did terrible voice. Of all the voice acting I gave credit to, he did very terrible voice acting because he's just being yeah. himself. He's being obnoxious. Wait, did but, did you give like did you those. give one Starscream just for Alan? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, okay. He got a whole. You don't understand like his his he doesn't okay. really like Seth Rogen. Damn, like, yeah. like, dang, I, 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 I love Pineapple like, Express. When, yeah. Now Lane, he's great to Lane's Dream's point, but like yeah. it felt yeah, like Schoolhouse Rock. You know, like I was watching like after school special about an alien coming to Earth and making the mistake of Earth versus Earth. The exactly. scene that he had with Invincible, it didn't fe- it didn't have any gravity to it, and it's because of Seth yeah. Rogen's voice exactly. really yep. took me out of it. I, exactly. I agree with Laser Beam, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, maybe Neil Cordwinner uh, has something to say is that uh, Alan's so a Kirkman always likes to juxtapose his campiness with his seriousness, like the the brutality. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Alan. Yeah. The alien is literally the epitome of the campiest character. Like in the books, the same thing happens. I was gonna say, he I think he embodies that character wrath, well. It, it, but like uh, through his yeah. arc, he goes from this kind of like goofy uh, dude who has one of the saddest stories. Like his whole race has been murdered, and they it, go it they, and they flee, and they have to they have to procreate. I don't know this. I know, but but but. Uh, I find it funny because Alan turns into a very major, a pivotal character sure. in the Invincible series, like the and so you're good. You're going to be stuck with Alan. No, not like kind of, except for there's only Alan's the only one He's of his kind. One, yeah. They they put all of their effort into uh, cloning themselves to reproduce and then making a super soldier. Pretty much, he's like their Steve Rogers, uh, and it turns out like the more he gets hurt. Damn, like the stronger he gets, so he turns oh, out being like too good, crazy. Uh, but at the whole time, he still has this like uh kind of goofy, aloof thing. Like, even when he comes back, he's at the uh Council of Planets, and you know, he gets he gets brutally attacked, and he's just still kind of like, uh, and um, but I agree, like. Seth, Seth Rogen doing it, I was like, oh. It, it There's didn't, other it, actors who could pull that off. 
I that's what I, yes yes it, i felt like it was a lazy choice i feel like seth isn't Tony taking Hill. it yeah Coursera. yeah just, I, don't, I don't know i, I felt good with Danny, it but I, I, I can see all everybody's point i felt good with it though. Right. uh one of the things uh, i do uh, go ahead oh uh, that was it that's it I would say one one thing that I am hoping and I look forward to because I know that they picked up two seasons of Invincible, so we're yep. gonna get at least two more seasons. Three seasons is yeah, that. Yeah, two, yeah. So yeah, so two more seasons will be three. Uh, one of the things that Kirkman did, we talked about building a world, is that he actually had side comics. Guarding Guarding the Globe was one. There was an Adam and Eve and Rexplode miniseries. Uh, <laughs> And because he built such a great cast of characters. So when when Double Black, when you're like, I want to see more Adam and Eve, I'm hoping that in these two seasons, it'll give him the the leeway to mm-hmm. do some spinoffs because, uh, like, what's his name? Uh, Neil and, and Catalyst, Blind Tiger. Is that the dude? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like Blind Tiger. Like, because there, there ends up being an international Guardians of the Globe. Whoa. Where they start and they get like a, a bulldog. Like this it's, super it, it gets pretty wild. They yeah, end up get... being like the inhumans. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh wait. So is this guy like uh the smiling tiger from the Marvel universe? Like he dresses like a pimp, but he's actually no, no, good... it's not like no that. blind tiger is he's I think he's the representative <laughs> from Japan and he's like this uh dude who is hyper smart and has great reflexes and in order to he's not blind he just blindfolds himself yeah it's, it's more like Ken to make it harder to fight uh, yeah yeah and a spirit sword that he can control with his chi. no he's not, just got gun like, no. like he could like shoot a gun and it'll go through a act like a duct an air duct and and hit like five villains in the neck oh. Like crazy, like think Batman is like wanted when he can curve bullets. Nope, nope, (laughs) because there's no magic involved, it's just him and his science or like his mathematical brain. But, but I I say that to say that there's like ghost dog way of the samurai, except for not a (laughs) forest worker. But but yeah, so like I, I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's it's popular enough that they got two seasons, and hopefully these spinoffs will come because the world that Kirkman built is, is just ready for everyone here. Like if they continue on the staff, like or on the path that they are on, we are going to get a lot of great content out of this universe. And we will be covering. We will be covering it. Uh, thank you for riding with us to this point. We hit you with a whole lot of invincible content. Um, you know about two hours of that, and we are unbeatable. Uh, it's the Begin Podcast. We love you. Please like, subscribe, follow, share the video. This will be online for quite some time. Uh, we we appreciate you guys for rocking with us as much as you do. Uh, Begin Podcast out. This is-